excited. And I have a great reason to be excited because I think this series that we're doing this month, the month of October, was by far a favorite last year. In fact, we saw and heard and were given so much feedback that we're like, we got to do this again. We got to do it again. And, and you say, well, what is it? It's, if you haven't figured it out, it's mind monsters. Someone asked me ah, a couple days ago, they said, Pastor Tim, are, are you doing this kind of like, you know, with Halloween this month and kind of, you know, you know, the boo. <laughs> um, you know, the, the truth is that, yeah, this is a perfect time to do it. It's a perfect time to do it in the fall because the truth is right now, everyone in here has fought a mind monster. If you have never fought a mind monster, I want to meet you. I have fought them all my life. Mind monsters. What in the world are mind monsters? What are mind monsters? Well, I'm glad that you asked. Mind monsters are the negative thoughts and the negative emotions that we all battle. So mind monsters are the negative thoughts. Someone say negative thoughts. The negative thoughts and the negative emotions. The negative emotions. And the truth is, we all battle them. And you might be in a season right now where you're not battling it like you used to. Or you might be in a season right now, you're here today, and you're like, oh man, please speak. Because I need to hear what you're talking about. And if you're here and you think, I don't need this, but I know someone who does... Take notes anyways, because they're probably thinking the same thing about you. They're probably thinking, I don't need this, but I know someone who does. I know someone who does. And the truth is we all have been there. And I am there, to be honest with y'all, I'm there more frequently than I would like. I battle mind monsters every week. Every week. I battle mind monsters. In fact, I battle mind monsters every day. Every day. I wish I could stand here and say, oh man, I hardly ever battle them. That was used to when I was younger. I don't battle them anymore, man. I, there's no battle. But that would, be, that would be a lie. It would not be true. And I just want to be vulnerable and say, I'm like you. I'm, I'm, I'm rhyming, not even trying, man. I'm telling you. Sometimes. The, the truth is we all battle and the battlefield is right here. The battlefield is in your head is in your head. Now, the truth is, we don't like to talk about it. The truth is, we think he needs it. She definitely needs it. <laughs> and they, oh God, this series is for them. I hope they're taking notes. But the truth is, if we're not careful, we can be in denial and think that this is not for us. You know, like last, last series, last series was a parenting series. And I get it. Not everyone has kids. But I also get it because some people do have kids. In fact, I get it. A lot of people have kids. But if you're single and, and you come and you're like, I don't have kids, it's easy to check out and think this series isn't for me. Until you find out you're going to be a mother. Until you find out you're going to be a father. And then you're like, oh, snap, what do I do? right? This series is applicable to everybody here. It, it, it's going to connect with you if you're young, and it's going to connect with you if you're older. It's going to be relevant if this is your first time and you're like, I don't know about the church thing. 
make sure the ceiling doesn't fall down that I'm in here, you know. Or if you've been to Momentum for a long time, it's going to connect with you. And the reason why is because you and I all fight mind monsters. And those mind monsters have a goal. And that goal is they want to overcome us. They want to overcome us. When I was a student pastor, I watched one of our teenagers. Um, we went to the track and we went out in Destin and I watched one of our teenagers get ready to bungee jump. In fact, her father is here today. And she got out to bungee jump and she looked down and changed her mind. Julie was on the edge looking down and then she's like, no, thank you. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And what was incredible is all the young people on the ground began to kind of come around, a couple of us, and began to cheer Julie on. Like, you got this. You got this. Don't back down. Don't, don't turn around. You got this. And, and probably what seemed for days to Julie was about 10 minutes for the rest of us. But Julie was on the edge and she was being overcome with fear. Because fear was saying, don't go there. Fear was saying, oh, you're crazy. Fear was saying, you're going to die. Fear was saying, what are you thinking? That's what fear was saying. But she had different voices that were speaking loud. And the deal with mind monsters, the deal with mind monsters is mind monsters, man, this battle that we have in the mind and in, in our emotions they get so loud, and we'll talk about this in this series, the lies. The lies are so loud, but you know what? What we need is the voice of truth. We need the voice of truth to be louder than the lies. And what I loved about this story, just fast forward, is that Julie jumped. Julie overcame what was trying to overcome her. I wish, you wish, we wish that was our story every time. But it's not our story every time. Because you can think of times, I can think of times where we look back and we think I did not overcome there. I actually was overcome with fear. So the question is, what, what's trying right now to overcome you? As far as our negative thoughts and our negative emotions, what are you battling with right now? What, what do you struggle with? If you look at your life and you trace it back, what has been consistently trying to overcome you. What type of negative thought or negative emotion? For many, it's depression. Many people battle depression. And we're gonna list some of these things today. And I want everyone, when you leave today, I want you to realize that You'll make this decision that in this series, I can and I will overcome what is trying to overcome me. Now, if you're a believer, Jesus said that we're more than overcomers. So if you're a believer, Jesus said, you're, you're, you're not just like you made the team. He said, you're more than overcomer. Let that settle in. If you're not a believer, that'd be a, a great reason to become a believer right there. 
And we all know that there are things trying to overcome us. Now, we talked about depression. You know, over half the people that battle with depression battle with anxiety. And we don't like to talk about this, but the church needs to talk about this. We need to talk about it. I want to say before everyone today that I have battled both depression and anxiety for most of my life. It's been a battle. It's been a battle. My mom died when I was younger. And from that time forward, there was just a whole lot of fear. There was a whole lot of depression about mom dying. And I battled it. And I still battle it sometimes. I still do. So if you're here, I just want to say this to you today, that if you're here and you battle with this, you're not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone. And I'm so thankful because the truth is what I used to see as the greatest weakness, I now realize is my greatest strength. Because when I surrender my weakness to him, his grace is sufficient. And so if God can shine through my brokenness, I'm all about it. And you might look and think, Pastor Tim, you know, no, not you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So don't think it's just you. What's really rattled my heart is in the last two years, two pastors, two pastors, one I was very familiar with, one I was not, two pastors committed suicide. They took their own life and it was because they, they were not, felt like they could not win this battle. And I don't know all the reasons. I don't try to stand here and say I got that all figured out. And I don't stand here throwing judgment on them or against them. I'm just saying, I mean, both of them had a ministry for people who battled that. And literally just a few weeks ago, one of them who was from our hometown and uh, just taken a new position out west and had a bunch of resources to help people fell to this. And I think the church needs to talk about it. So this series, we're going to talk about it. But it's not just depression. It's not just anxiety. We talk about all kinds of things like rejection. You know, there are people here today, you have battled rejection your whole life. And you thought when you got to 30, you wouldn't fight it anymore. You thought when you got to 40, you wouldn't fight it anymore. You thought when you got to 50, you wouldn't fight it anymore. You thought when you finally got to 60, it would be dead, but it's still there. You thought when you got to a certain age, you know, once you got out of college, you wouldn't battle worry anymore, the mind monster of worry. Um, you thought that a spirit of intimidation would leave you alone at a certain point when you began to make a certain income, you thought that fear would go away. And the truth is the more successful you've become, the more fear you have. You thought guilt would end up going away, but you found out that guilt was actually here to stay. And so these mind monsters in your mind go and go and go. And, and if you're negative here, you'll be negative here. And the power of death and life is in the tongue. Now, whether you believe in Jesus or not, that principle is true. The power of death and life is in the tongue. Have you ever been around someone who's like, I just feel like I'm getting sick. Guess who's getting sick? They're filling it out. They just ought to go ahead and make out the check to the doctor. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm telling you, I've been around people before. They, 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 they're coming out of getting sick and they're already declaring their next sickness. I'm like, you crazy. I don't want that. The power of death and life is in 
the tongue. It's so important. Romans 12, 21 says, do not be overcome with evil. So we think about all these mind monsters that want to scare us, that want to stay in our head, that want to keep us in bed, and we have real mind monsters that want to paralyze us and overcome us so we are helpless to a world that needs help. But Jesus said, Jesus said, Jesus said we're more than overcomers. We're, we're, we're more than conquerors. We're, we're, we're more than, not less than. So the truth I, I want you to get in your spirit today is I can and I will overcome what overcomes me. And you say, well, I'm not there and I don't even believe that. Just begin to speak it by faith. Begin to say it and you know what? Your belief will just rise a little bit. Just speak it and your, your faith will allow you to speak it and your strength will get a little bit stronger. It'll go up. And if you're here and you think, no, I've been screwed up in my mind. I've fought this for too long. You don't know what's happened to me. You don't know, Pastor Tim, my story. You don't know what they've done to me. You don't know. You don't know. You're right. I don't know everything. But I want to tell you something. I know the one who does know. I know that one. I know that one. I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able. He's able. With God, we're not less than. And the enemy wants you to believe that you're less than. So, so there's four steps if we're going to fight these mind monsters. And I'm going to read them real quick. But this series, we're going to break them down. The first one is you've got to recognize the enemy. You've got to recognize the enemy. If you're in battle and you don't know who the enemy is, right? I mean, we got warriors that, that go overseas. We got warriors that are right here. I'm thinking about some of my friends, police officers. And one of my friends, police officers said, you know, you go over there and oftentimes you, you not always, but oftentimes overseas, they, they, they look like this. They look like that. They got this uniform. They're wearing this. They're wearing that. He said, over here, we, we got enemies and, and we don't know. You don't know who the enemy is. You don't know who the enemy is. Man, the first step, if you're going to overcome what overcomes you, is you've got to recognize the enemy. Jesus said that the devil has been a liar from the beginning. And those mind monsters want you and me to believe the lies. The first one is recognize the enemy. Second one is reject the lies. Because the enemy always speaks the lies. The enemy will always speak the lies. So we not only recognize the enemy. How do we recognize the enemy? Going to unpack that here in just a few minutes. How do we recognize the enemy? But it has everything to do with what's being said. Because if the enemy is saying things about you that God doesn't say about you, that's the enemy. If the enemy is speaking just the opposite over you, when God says that you are more than a conqueror, the enemy says, you can't do this. You're a failure. That's the enemy. So we recognize, and then we reject those lies. We say, no, 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 no. Now I'm rejecting those lies. That's not the truth. The problem is, and I want to preach this message. This is next week. But when we get here, if you don't reject the lies, you accept the lies. You accept the lies. And just like a bunch of us probably have more DVDs at the house. Some of the young people are like, what's a DVD? Uh, maybe some of us here even still have VHS. I walked in. I walked in. Our office had a 
come to Jesus meeting. I walked into our, our area where our kids play and stuff, and there were like four boxes with a whole bunch of VHS tapes. VHS tapes just there. There's a bunch of them. We don't own a VHS player. We don't own a VHS TV. Remember that when it used to, you get the TV and the VHS player all in one. Remember that? And I walk in there and I'm like, what is this? What is this? This doesn't belong here. This is just sitting here. And I got real passionate because I don't like clutter. I think our office should represent God. I don't think we should walk into Apple and be impressed and then dumb it down when it comes to the church. You with me? Now, why would I say that? I would say that because we can call that out. We can see that. But some of us have stored up the lies right here. And, and they're throwbacks, man. I, I mean, they, they've been around for a long time. And the enemy is still playing them in our head. Mind monsters. Got to recognize the enemy. Got to reject the lies. Number three, got to replace the negative. Got to replace the negative. Got to replace the negative. For some of you say, okay, I, I, I'm there, but, but I, I know who the enemy is. That's good. And man, I'm fighting the lies. But, but until we replace the negative, we're stuck in the same spot. So this series, we're going to learn how to do that. And then the fourth week of this series, and I hope you come every week because I promise you, you need this. Turn to someone right now. Let's have some fun. Turn to someone right now. Look at them and say, you know you need this. Come on, tell them. Tell them, you know you need this. Come on. That's right. You know what's so funny? I looked out and I saw husbands and wives. And they're looking at the other person. You know, they're, like, they're like, I'm not getting in the doghouse today. We need this. We need this. We're going to learn this series, how to retrain the brain. God made, when he made our brain, he made something so powerful. And it is, listen to me, doesn't matter who you are. It is possible to retrain your brain. Retrain it. We sent our dog off to doggy school a while back. We got a, about an 85-pound Rottweiler. And she just thought she'd do whatever she wanted. And we're like, oh, uh, we're going to train you. We're going to train you. We need to train right here. This series, we're going to do this. And this isn't a series I'm bringing to you because you need it. This is something I'm telling you as I'm studying, as I'm preparing for this, God is speaking to me. I got to grow in this area. I want to grow in this area. And this series is going to be a series full of resources that are going to help you. There's a book at, at uh, The Current right here. And this is where I got the series idea Kevin Gerald wrote this book, Mind Monsters. You ought to pick one up. There's several resources there. We're not selling these, um, trying to make money. We're selling these because we believe that leaders need resources. We, we believe that, our, that God's people sometimes perish because of a lack of knowledge. So we want to equip the church. That's my job as a pastor is to equip the church to do the work of the ministry. But oftentimes we can't do the work of the ministry because we're losing the war in the head. And God wants you to know that if you're going to change your life, you've got to first change your thoughts. Could God do it? Yes. Will God do it without you? No. It would be too easy. God could hit a button and then all of us are, but, but I don't think that would be love. And it certainly wouldn't be like God. God invites us to do this thing together. He says he'll never leave us. He's right there. I wonder how are you?
I wonder that today. How are you? When it comes to mind monsters, where are you? Philippians 4.13, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. If you think this is something that I just, it will always be this way. And, and I know this from battling anxiety and depression. I know there have been times in my life when I believed that lie. And I believed it's always going to be like this. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm just here. And, and then the, the enemy will lie and say, you're the only one. And then if you talk to someone about it, they're going to reject you. And you've already suffered too much rejection. So you keep your mouth closed and the enemy wins. And so this series, we want to start winning the war right here. Because if your world is going to change, if your world is going to change, if your life is going to change, it's first got to start with your thinking, with your thinking. Paul was writing, he penned some words and, and he said that we, we renew our mind. Did you know that you need to renew your mind? I know there's some gamers here today and you know, you play like that game, what was that one game? Area 51, right? You play that and you play a game like that and you, you play a game and you realize, hey, in order to keep shooting, in order to keep shooting, I, I have to reload. I have to reload. I would say for some of us, maybe many of us, the truth is this series is going to be the time where we say, you know what, we're going to reload. First, we're going to unload. Then we're going to reload. And we're going to begin to deal with these mind monsters. Paul later would write to his son in the faith. His name was Timothy. And in 2 Timothy 1.7, Paul would write this letter and he would say this to Timothy. He, would, he told Timothy, he said, Timothy, we, listen, God has not given us a spirit of fear. That means intimidation. A spirit of timidity. But then he said, but God has given us a spirit of power. Do you feel powerful today? You name the name of Christ, God has already given you a spirit of power, a spirit of love. Say it with me. What's the third one? And a sound mind. God wants you to have a sound mind. God wants you to have a sound mind. He wants you to have a sound mind. He don't want you to continue losing the battle in your head. So some steps that we're going to take. See, mind monsters not only make themselves at home, they stay there until you evict them. One of my relatives has some uh, rental properties, and uh, this uh, one family wasn't paying and planned on staying. And after three months and six months and a year, I finally had to get them out of there. That <laughs> makes a lot of sense if you're a business person, Right? Makes a lot of sense if you're focused on making money and you're focused on good business and you're focused on stewardship, sound practices. You would not let someone stay and stay and stay and stay and just take advantage. But here's what breaks, I think, God's heart is that there are mind monsters that we can evict, we just don't evict. And because we don't do it, they stay. They stick around. They make themselves really comfortable. And a decade passes and another decade passes. 
and they're still there. Before you can overcome a mind monster, you got to recognize it. You got to recognize it. How do we recognize it? Three things, and I'm done. First one is this. First one is this, is self-talk. Self-talk. Self-talk is internal dialogue. Not every thought comes from God. Let me say it again. Not every thought comes from God. Not every thought in your head comes from you. The enemy will plant seeds. You ever, you, you ever seen someone, you watch the news and they're interviewing someone that did something crazy and they're like, I just heard this voice. You're like, that person is crazy. But you've heard that voice too. You just hadn't told nobody. Maybe that voice didn't say the same thing the voice said to that person. But that voice is there. Where does that voice come, come from? It comes from the enemy. How do you speak to yourself? Sometimes it's not even the enemy. Sometimes it's us. Been around someone, they just like slam themselves all the time. You can take the most beautiful woman in the world and she thinks she's fat. She thinks she's not beautiful. Mind monsters. You can take somebody who is so talented, but if the enemy can just get an inch, he can get that talent minimized because fear has paralyzed mind monsters how do you talk to yourself when you mess up when you lock the keys in the car when you forget the bill when you forget to pick your kid up this last week Jeremy, my buddy Jeremy called me. I'm like, I was meeting someone. I was thinking it was about church. And so I'm at lunch and uh, meet with Dr. Ben. We're having a great conversation. I pay, hey, Jeremy, what's going on, buddy? And uh, we're going to have dinner, you know, that week. So I wasn't sure what it was about. And he's like, hey, I'm here. Um, you want me to get Riley? And uh, I was like, oh, snap. <laughs> Today's Tuesday. It's my day. To get Riley. So sure, uh, thank you, thank you, Jeremy, please. Yeah, absolutely, here comes Riley. And boy, she busting me up. She called Jeremy walking in, and Riley's like, oh yeah, dad forgets. And I'm like, this is only three times. <laughs> that wasn't three times. Right? How do you talk to yourself when you mess up? I'm coaching flag football, and one of the kids on our team, he messed up. We had a game this week, he messed up, and he couldn't get the first play out of his head. The problem with that was the second play, the third play, the fourth play, the fifth play, the sixth play, are you with me? Every play was not what it could and should have been because he messed up on the first play. And, and so I'm trying to, hey buddy, it's okay. Like snap and clear, snap and clear, snap. Okay, I messed up, clear it, now let's move forward. But sometimes I don't do that. Sometimes I mess up and I'm stuck at snap. You been there? I've been there. Self-talk, that's the first one. Number two, moods. Are you moody? All you gotta do is ask your family if you're moody. Don't even answer it yourself because you don't know. <laughs> you, you don't know if you're moody. You think you know. You think you know that you're not moody. You think you know that you're not moody. In fact, you think you know that you're not moody and you know who is moody. But if you ask your family if you're moody, you might find out. You might get a little self-awareness. 
See, our feelings come from our thoughts and our thoughts start in our minds. So pay attention to your mood, your mood, your emotional state. Pay attention to it. Ephesians 4.23 tells us that, that your mood is the spirit of your mind. If you don't control them, they'll control you. Gave these last year, I want to give them again, but there's some mood busters, some mood busters. You're in a bad mood, here's how to get out of the bad mood. Be thankful. Added to the list from last year, be thankful. Just start, if you're in a bad mood, just start being thankful for what, what, what is going right. What is going right? Speak God's word. Speak God's word. <laughs> Read God's word. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God for what he's blessed you with. You can talk to God. Talk to God about your mood. Because there might be some other people who are praying for you. They're talking to God about your mood. So why don't you talk to God about your mood? What about this one? Listening to good music. Young people, if you listen to bad music, you're going to be in a bad mood. Parents, if your kids are listening to angry music, they're going to be angry. For us, we've realized in our house, there's some cartoons that are on. I mean, they're just on. Our kids watch them and, and, and the cartoons are angry. And then we're wondering why our kids are like acting like the cartoon. So we're like, we're cutting out that cartoon. Right? You know what I'm talking about? And, and, and what we put in here affects here. It affects here every time. So listen to good music. And I'm not saying just listen to Christian music. I don't just listen to Christian music. But listen to good music. And then positive self-talk. Listen, Jesus said this. He said, love your neighbor as yourself. So in other words, if I break that down and we go backwards, we break that text down, the truth is I cannot love my neighbor well if I don't love myself well. If I don't respect myself, I won't respect my neighbor. Are you with me? I mean, Jesus' way just works. It just works. So love your neighbor as yourself, as yourself. So the first one is your self-talk. And once you train yourself this, you'll pick up on other people. You'll hear someone say, ah, they do something, that mess up at work. They're like, I'm an idiot. And that ought to be a red flag in your mind. Negative self-talk. And say something to them. How dare you talk to yourself like that? Right? The, the truth is sometimes we talk to ourselves in a way that if someone talked to our loved one, we'd be in a fight. But we talk to ourselves even worse than that. Number two is moods, moods. Number three is conversation. Pay close attention to the conversations you have with people. If you get around negative people, you become negative. Do not hang around negative people. If you are negative, ask God to change you. And God will say, okay, I will change you, but first change your thoughts. Our words are powerful. So if you're just a fault finder, if you're the person that makes a living on just fault finding, if you're the person who's just constantly critical, you gotta change that. Because these mind monsters can produce major negativity. Listen to Proverbs 18, 21. Words kill, words give life. They're poison or fruit you choose. 
That's the message. Matthew 12, 34, whatever's in your heart determines what you say. That's the, that's the wow, that's heavy. We've got to recognize them if we're going to evict them. We've got to recognize them. We've got to recognize them. We've got to recognize them. Your self-talk, your self-talk, your, your moods, your conversation with people. And listen, if, if you're around somebody that's, that's negative, encourage them, try to help them. But if I know anything, I know this, I know this. At the end of the day, if it's gonna be, it's up to me. If it's gonna be different, I gotta work on me. It's like my favorite hymn. I'm looking at the man in the mirror. It's gotta start right here. And I really, truly believe that mind monsters have taken too many people out when we need to kick them out. So let's start right here, right now, with saying, I want a sound mind. A sound mind. Is your mind sound? Where we live, we have the sound, right? Literally right in front of us. You can go out to that sound and Watch the water. And it can get a little rough out there when the wind kicks up, but it's nothing like the gulf. I think a great analogy would be that for many of us, if not most of us, our minds are more like the gulf in a bad storm than like the sound when it's just flat it's just glass and I think the picture God is saying is he would love us to go from that to this and I'd invite you to be here every Saturday night every Sunday to come because we all need this I love the verse Paul in the New Testament where Paul says, we're in the struggle together. He says it to the Philippians, we're in this struggle together. And can I just say today that we're all in this struggle together. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Would you please? I'd like to just pray for you. If you battle here and you'd like me to pray for you, would you please stand right now? And I'll stand with you. What are people going to think? No, no, no. God already knows the truth. And God wants to help you. Maybe you are not struggling right now, but you know it's a matter of time for you struggle again. I just, I want to pray. I just want to pray for you. If you stand up, I'll pray for you right now. God, I pray today in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would be with my friends. Lord, we struggle with mind monsters. Sometimes it's fear. Sometimes it's anxiety. God, the statistics are mind-blowing. Millions and millions struggling with what we would say would be negative thinking or negative 
emotions. And so we just want to be real because I believe we got to be real to heal. And it starts today. So today, we ask you to help us, to help us win the war in our head. Help us to recognize the enemy because we want to overcome what overcomes us. And we all want to change our life. We all want to live our best life ever, but it actually starts in our mind. So we ask you to help us renew our minds in Christ Jesus. Help us to recognize the enemy through our self-talk, maybe through bad moods that lead to unhealthy conversations. And I pray that you'd help us to take the right steps. Step number one, recognizing the enemy and realizing that that voice, that that thought is from the enemy. And we don't have to keep it anymore. So help us to recognize the enemy, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you. If everyone look right here, I'd, I'd like to take just about 120 seconds to tell you that God loves you so much. He loves you so much that he knows everything about you and he still loves you. For most of us, we've had people find out some things about us and they chose not to love us anymore. But while we were sinners, that means when we were at our worst, Christ died for us. So literally when we were at our worst, Christ was at his best. And we're all sinners. There's not a person on this earth that is not a sinner. Our sin separated us from God. Our sin led us to the point where we fell short of the standard. But God loved us so much, God took our place. God covered the gap. Jesus died on a cross. God literally bankrupted heaven. He gave us his son who was perfect and holy. And he let his son become a sacrifice for our sins. And he did that because he loves you. So God wanted you in heaven and wanted you to, and I to live a life so much that he let his son become our sin. And Jesus died on a cross and all the sins of the world were placed on him and the judgment for the sin was placed on him. And he did that so we could trade places. And scripture very simply says, that if we would realize that we're sinners, that Jesus is the Savior, and we would believe that Christ died for us, he was buried, and he rose again. If we would do that, if we would pray that, if we would announce that, if we would declare that Jesus is Lord, that means we're not. If we'd believe that God raised his son Jesus from the dead, we would be saved. What does that word saved mean? It's a churchy word. What does that word mean? It, it means forgiven. It means whitewashed, power washed. It means clean. It means literally new car smell. 
brand new. I love Jesus. In the last book, he says, behold, I make all things new. There are people here today, you need Jesus to make you new. You need Jesus to teach you how to live. And we don't do it because we're going to try Jesus as an accessory, one more thing. No, no, no. No, we do that because we're dead without him. We're dead in our sins. We are as guilty as guilty can be. But thank God while we were guilty, God offers grace. So I want to ask everyone here today, we're going to pray this prayer together. A lot of us have prayed this. We prayed it before, a long time ago, and that's how we became a child of God because not everyone's a child of God. But there are people here today, you need to pray this. You need to transfer your trust from what you do, from your religion, what you've done, where you've been, what denomination, what religion, all that stuff. You need to say, no, no more, Jesus. And I'm going to trust that he died for me. He was buried for me. And he rose again for me. And I'm going to accept Jesus as my Savior and make it personal. We'll pray it out loud together. I'm going to say the prayer. and I just want to tell you that you're not praying to me. I'm not God. You're not praying to me and you're not going through me. You're praying right to God. We're, we're going to go live and God's listening and God will answer. So heads bowed and eyes closed. We never like to end a gathering without giving people the opportunity to be made right with God. Would you pray with me? Would you say a prayer just as simple as this? Would you say, God, I confess I'm a mess. That's right. Pray it out loud. God, I confess I'm a mess. I'm a sinner. We both know that. I need a Savior. Today, I accept your love and everything that comes with it. Today, I confess that Jesus is Lord. I believe you died for me. I believe you were buried for me. I believe you rose again for me. And today, I give you my life and I receive your life. Now teach me how to live in Jesus' name. Amen. Everyone look right up here. This is what it's all about. That's why we do this thing. That's why we do this thing. I believe with all my heart that today so many people watching online, watching at every campus, I believe so many people, you just crossed from death to life. I believe that. I believe you prayed that prayer, you meant it, God heard it, and God did it. That's what I believe. I believe right now the angels in heaven are throwing a not just a party. I believe that the angels in heaven are throwing a party. That's what I believe. So if you did that, I want you to raise your hand. Would you do it? I want you to hold your hand up high. Hold it up. We want to give you a gift on the count of three. Here we go. Ready? One, two, three. Right now, hold it up. Hold it up right now. That's right. I see your hand. I see your hand.